And welcome to Night Cheese. This is Stephen. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared. And we want to thank you this week for joining us for our episode titled Someone's Got to Go to Prison. Um, let's just, we're, we're, we're going to rip the band out. So that is a line from the film we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, the film is 2004's National Treasure, the uh, Nicolas Cage uh, treasure hunt film where, um, you know, unless you've been hiding under a rock that has no access to memes, um, you'd be familiar with the line, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Um, so we, we'll get into that. Um, I, I, I'm just going to be abundantly clear. You know, usually um, I apply some pretty heavy filters to my uh, my, my uh, candor here, I guess, uh, weekly. So um, as things stand, this episode will be dropping somewhere around January 11th, January 12th or so. So we're looking back at last weekend. Um, well, I, I will say this. I don't know, dear listener, where you are in this time, but for our listeners who at least reside in the U.S., um, you know, there was a major, major historical event <laughs> took place that uh, for for – I wouldn't say lack of a better term, I guess more appropriately, domestic terrorists um, invaded the Capitol building in Washington. And so um, sometimes we like to be a little tongue in cheek uh, with the movie titles that we pick uh, as it relates to what's going on in the world or what's going on around us. If we're not doing something thematic like a director or a movie series or something like that. Um, And this one just felt like. The, the the strange marriage of mindless fun if you're looking at the film in a vacuum and topical relevance as to what's going on. Um, so we'll certainly get into that. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us for tonight's episode. Someone's got to go to prison. And yes, there are multiple meanings for that title tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so National Treasure... Uh, and its sequel, which uh, I don't know about you guys, I, I didn't watch the sequel in preparation for tonight's episode. I've seen it a couple of times, but um, much like our Die Hard and Home Alone retrospectives, it, it does not measure up to, to the fun and charm of the original. Um, it's not bad. Uh, there are plenty worse movies in the genre, but uh, probably not worth talking about tonight other than the fact that he attempts to kidnap the president which is now not funny anymore either um so you know uh, whatever um so anyway national treasure and its sequel both available on disney plus that's just what i was trying to get at um (laughs) rotten tomatoes major discrepancy here uh so the critic uh rotten tomatoes score is 46 percent and the user rating is 76%. There's a 30% jump between the two. One of them, so that's maybe one of the first films, Tim. I don't know. You could correct me if you remember any different. This might be the first film we've ever talked about that was rotten by the critics and fresh by the users. Yeah, I think um, so, too. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to go back and think. I can't think of anything that's that kind of wide of a, a gap. Because I think, I think the worst film we've discussed so far is The Greatest Showman. And I don't even know if that was considered rotten or not. Oh, yeah, that's I, good. I don't, I don't remember. Or, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Metacritic 39, IMDb 6.9. So, you know, okay. uh, directed by John Turtletop of Cool Runnings and Three Ninjas fame. Um, if uh, <laughs> anybody's nostalgia machine kicks on for that. Um, cast is Nicolas Cage, Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, the uh, ever hateable Sean Bean. Uh, the now hateable John Voight and um, classic uh, Harvey Keitel. So um, before we get any deeper, guys, um, let's, you know, before we get into the implications of things and all this stuff, do, do you guys like National Treasure? Like, like, what was your opinion on it going in to like rewatching it this time? Tim. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting yeah. to do that. No, no, it's okay. That's okay. I'm like, oh, who should go first? Not that I don't like it, but that that Rotten Tomatoes kind of 46, kind of like it feels very middle of the road for me. Like it's not objectively, it's not horrible, but it's not like 
amazing. It's kind of one of those, you know, kind of like you said, kind of mindless sort of just if you want to watch something, if you're flipping through channels on cable, you know, and passing the time, it's it's fun. And I'm, I'm always, even in his worst roles, I'm always really intrigued by Nicolas Cage anyway. <laughs> I'm just like, mm. I'm just, I, I'm always wondering what his motivation for anything is. You know, I'm always really curious. Um, the op-ed so, all. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, so he's, he's part of that, you know, so it's not, it's not a movie I love, but it's not, not something I, I really strongly dislike either. Okay. Uh, Jared, do you like, do you like National I love National Treasure so much. <laughs> it is just like an irrational, an irrational amount of love for this film. Awesome. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Like, I think I saw it in theaters and I, I just love it. I just love it. It's we were talking a little bit before we came on. You know, uh, it was Tim that was mentioning it sort of seemed to like come at the end of that period of films that lacked a certain amount of realism and were the sort of, you know, summer, I don't know, you know, not obviously not like a, a superhero movie or a, uh, anything like that. But, it, um, but it was, uh, you know, the sort of summer blockbuster, uh, type of thing that, that was, had real people, but it still lacked, you know, realism. So, um, I, it's my, I think my favorite Nick Cage role, Oh. Um, yeah, that's high, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I mean, there's some others up there. Uh, you know, I enjoyed Con Air, but yeah. you know, like his stupid, like long stringy hair and, and <laughs> bad Southern accent are going to so have to oh, yeah. have to take that one down a few points for me. Uh, you know, I just found everybody in the cast you know, likable. I liked the, you know, interplay between, um, you know, the, the main characters, even, you know, even like Sean Bean's villain, like I, I kind of liked him. Like yeah. he, you know, he, he was endearing in a, in a, in a certain sort of way. Um, I, I just, I just love this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I really love, I, I like national treasure too. Um, it's, um, yeah, it, it's a fun movie. Like it's, it, it's, um, I'm trying to think of other things, you know, the, obviously the, the very easy comparison is Indiana Jones. Um, but I think I've always enjoyed probably since the Goonies, I guess, mm-hmm. as a kid, it's like the, yeah. the adventure treasure hunt. Yes. Um, it's not original, yeah. but, but they find ways to do it. And honestly, this was refreshing in a way because this is, um, ugh, like, I just want to make that noise every time I think of the sentence I want to say, because like six years ago, I I think I would have enjoyed everything I'm about to say. Like it's, it's, it's a treasure hunt, but it's wrapped around American history um, and the revolution and founding fathers and stuff like that. So it has a different angle to it than say the Goonies are searching for pirate treasure. Indiana Jones is looking for religious relics or, you know, whatever kind of stuff that he's doing. And it's, it's modern day. Um, and it's this idea of, um, this, this, uh, hallowed treasure, um, that is, I say currently, but like for the purpose of the movie, it's the Knights Templar treasure, which is a treasure that's been accumulated all throughout human history, like from and basically from empire to empire. And it just grows. So, you know, ancient Egyptians have have part of this treasure, uh, you know, Rome, uh, uh, French, French Revolution, uh, you know, the French uh, Empire, you know, all, all this other stuff. Um, and so this is just huge, massive uh, collection of wealth. And so um, Nicolas Cage's uh, character, Benjamin Gates, is the descendant of, of a line of people who have sort of the clues to this treasure. Uh, the thing is, is that the his- greater historical society in the world doesn't believe that the treasure actually exists or that it did and it's gone or whatever. And they basically he comes from a line that is perceived as... <laughs> insane conspiracy theorists um and so in order to clear the integrity of the name of his family um and for the 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 passion that he has for solving the riddles and 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 finding the treasure he sets out to find this treasure with his friend riley who's played by justin bartha who's 
you know, great sarcastic sidekick. I mean, just, yeah. you know, so many of those in 2004. He was one, he was one of the better ones. Um, and also in the beginning of the film, he is partners with Sean Bean, um, who I think, you know, in, in a D, in a film that's not rated PG is probably a more complex character because, you know, in the beginning of the film, he's actually seems to be, you know, w- with his own attitude, uh, a sympathizer to, mm-hmm. to cage. And then like, he wants, he wants him to succeed, but he's willing to go to further places to make that happen. And so <laughs> while they're both treasure hunters, um, you know, apparently Nicholas cage has morals. Um, at least for the first 30 minutes of the movie. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, that it sets out there in like what, like the Arctic circle or something like that. And, and they find this, this old ship and, and, uh, they, they, they think they're going to find the treasure there, but they really just find another clue. And, and, and part of the charm of the movie and part of the driving force, of the plot is figuring out what these clues actually mean. And every clue kind of is a little miniature American history lesson, usually mm-hmm. about Benjamin Franklin or something like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's clever in that way. Um, and, and that's fun. Um, but the big focal point is the clue in the, in the opening scene or the opening scene that's in modern day, there's a flashback at the beginning, but um, is that there is a treasure map on the bat written on the back of the declaration of independence, which obviously cannot be accessed all too easily. Um, Even when Nicholas cage and his partner attempt to go view it, you know, on the up and up, they're just kind of laughed out of laughed out of the office. Um, So yeah, so essentially this is, this is where, um, my initial love for this film started and my current love for this film now diverges. Um, there is a scene. So after they leave, so Diane Kruger, she is, uh, she's like a curator or something at this. I don't know if it's at the Smithsonian or something, but anyway, she, she oversees historical artifacts, including the, de- the preservation of the declaration of independence. So it's her that they're trying to go to and convince her. And it's obviously as soon as she hears, you know, as soon as she sniffs out the phrase treasure map, she's like, Oh, you guys are lunatics. Get out. You know? Um, and rightfully so in yeah, retrospect, as she should, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you would yeah. <laughs> in 2021. Um, anyway, so as they're leaving, they're just, they're just looking at it like spectators, uh, in, in Washington. And so I've, I've copied and pasted the, uh, the quote here. So I'm going to try to get to it here in a second. <laughs> so, um, Nicholas Cage is standing in front of the declaration of independence. And he says 180 years of searching and I'm three feet away of all the words written here about freedom. There's a line here, uh, that's at the heart of all the others. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. And uh, he says, you know, people don't talk that way anymore. And I'll just pause for a second. I really like how Cage's character really seems to this is this is different. He really seems to actually love America. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. He seems to love history, history in general, uh, which is once we get to talking about the end of the film, I think is what makes him different than all the things that makes me angry about this film now. Mm. Um, and so, you know, he says people don't talk that way. And and, you know, his his smart Alex sidekick is like, yeah, I have no idea what you just said. And he says it means if there's something wrong, those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action. And that's when he says. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So basically, you know, his motivation for stealing it is because he knows that Sean Bean is coming to steal it as well. Um, And he feels that he is going to actually protect it uh, better. So he wants to steal it first. Um, And the more I say it out loud and think about it, I'm not so sure what differentiates him from Sean Bean (laughs) at that point, um, because they're both seeking to commit a crime, except the movie tells us he is the good guy. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, except he doesn't carry a gun with him. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's the only difference, I suppose. Um, 
so it's weird. So anyway, but so for, from a movie standpoint, it's it's a really entertaining scenario where they, they try to infiltrate this black tie affair where they're like low key, like mission impossible style, trying to steal the declaration of independence and, 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 uh, and get it to a place where they can actually monitor it and try to, you know, unveil this hidden code inside it and stuff. And it's, it's really entertaining. Um, but yeah, we are now living in a world where that idea is, is, uh, affecting, either very gullible, very deceived, or, or, or very crazy people. Um, and I don't know what to do with that, uh, with this. Um, what do you guys have to say? And I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put either one of you on the spot. So just jump in <laughs> the water when you're ready. Well, so I'll, so I'll go here and say, I, I've sort of changed my mind from, where we, you know, initially talked about how problematic this is. I've gone all the way back around to the idea that the problem really here is that we don't have a real life Benjamin Gates. Because let's think about the setup here. A blonde man with almost unlimited resources sent a group of people in to defile one of our national institutions. And we didn't have a Benjamin Gates to preemptively stop him now it would be a little bit it, it would be a little bit more difficult to be like ian's gonna attack the united states capitol i'm gonna have to steal the capitol with everyone in it that would have been a little bit harder granted yeah. but i have within the last 30 minutes or so come back around to the idea that yeah no we we might actually need a real life benjamin gates mm. Salient point. Uh, <laughs> rebuttal. Counterpoint. <laughs> add on. Here, here's here's my big fear. And knowing how lax things were and how easily people were able to get in, I wonder had Nicholas Cage gone to people and said, "Hey, this is going to happen," who, what would have been done about? It? I feel like it might have just gone the same way. This, you know, like right. going to all these people. Oh, sorry, we, you know, either they don't believe them or we can't do anything or they don't do anything. And that's well, why I would have had to steal it. And yeah. that's why I would have had to steal it. Yep. Well, and that was that was a fun line of dialogue too. Like I think under I think Harvey Keitel is kind of underrated in this movie. Yeah. Because he's looked at as you know the man, so mm -hmm. to speak. You know the authority in the movie, and uh, it's probably not in the quotes section. But when they're sort of cleaning up the scene, and they realize the declaration's been stolen. And he says um, that what just just some nobody um, on the scene is just like, well, he, he was like, how did we not know this was happening? You know, and he says, well, we had a uh, we actually got a tip from the FBI last week because because they tried to go through all the appropriate channels mm -hmm. and they and they were ignored or laughed out of the room. And, um, and he said, well, we uh, we didn't find it credible. And he just looks at it and goes. Is it credible now? <laughs> like, and that's yeah, just kind of yeah. how it feels. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Oh, and what do you know? It actually is. It is in there. So, um, oh gosh. Well, you know, a few more, a few more odds and ends. What's interesting about this film is, you know, it was, um, it was, it was opened in November of 2004 around Thanksgiving, uh, and stayed three weeks at number one. Uh, it actually unseated The Incredibles um, at oh, number wow. one, which had which had just broken Finding Nemo's uh, record for highest weekend debut for a non sequel animated film. Um, so yeah, and so um, and then National Treasure comes along and, and knocks it right off. Um, after three weeks, it'd be knocked off itself by Ocean's Twelve. Um, but 2004, a pretty a pretty big year for some movies, uh, mainly sequels here, looking at the top 10. But National Treasure did finish 10th overall uh, in, in domestic gross. I mean, this was the year of Shrek 2, Spider-Man 2, Passion of the Christ, The Incredibles we mentioned already, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, um, The Bourne Supremacy, uh, the Jason Bourne, the second Jason Bourne film, uh, also managed, made the top 10 that year as well. So, uh, yeah, for, uh, it's quite an achievement because, honestly, this doesn't seem like that much of a, a of like a tentpole movie, you know? Um, when I think back on it, I think almost like this could be like borderline cult classic. 
Um, not that it's bad. It's just that, you know, I don't see it as a marquee movie in a sense, mm-hmm. even though I really like it. Um, it's, it's music. Trevor Rabin, uh, the composer for the film, won um, an award, uh, a BMI film music award. Uh, there, there, there were not many... Uh, not not many major awards it was nominated for. I think probably the most uh, the most recognizable one is they were nominated for a Teen Choice Award um, for Choice Movie Action Adventure, nice. which which now <laughs> I, I just need to know uh, who, who who they lost to. Um, Twilight. Wait, no, I don't know if Twilight would be out by then. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think- no, not not yet for Twilight. Let's yeah. see. These are actors, actresses, bad guys. Man. Let's see. Man, this is oh, <laughs> it lost to uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um. Also nominated up against the Bourne Supremacy and Sin City and a few others. So, anyway, weird. Um. Yeah. So you know. Um. I uh, I don't know. I don't know about this film. I, I, I really, I, I do, I do like it, like it on its own. Um, I think one thing I really enjoy about it too is a lot of the, the chase scenes and stuff. They don't seem like too, they seem like they're right on the edge of unbelievable, but they don't really cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a lot of like, you know, hanging out of car windows or yeah. running across rooftops, but but not like Aquaman you know? Yeah. Um, and stuff. So, you know, the, the, the effects and things seem, seem really believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you've got, um, again, some irony here. Um, you know, they, they are unable, they have to go on the run, uh, after they steal the declaration and they have <laughs> Diane Kruger in tow because she has caught them sort of in the act and, and um, she is. They uh, Sean Bean shows up at, at the same moment and tries to kidnap her. So they try to be, you know, chivalrous and rescue her. So they end up with her in tow, uh, and they can't go back to his his house because he was caught. And I thought this was actually a pretty amusing scene. Is during yeah. the, during the gala event, he's trying to escape with the um, with the declaration. He tries to sneak out through the gift shop and the gift shop clerk is like, are you trying to steal that? And like, <laughs> he has to buy a replica, uh, uh, just to get out. Um, so pr- pretty funny. Um, so they end up having to go to his father's house and his father is played by John Voight, who, um, ironically <laughs> is, is the, is the skeptical grounded person. Yes. <laughs> um, a real, real dramatic stretch here. Uh, not calling anybody the devil uh, <laughs> or evil in this movie. So uh, yeah, there's um, that. That happened. Again, this was before Voight, at least publicly, kind of went off the the edge. Um, so you know he's uh, he's he's amusing. Uh, I, I'd say as as is uh, as Cage's father. Because they're trying to keep it a secret from him, but he's also trying to be like accommodating and stuff, and naturally like freaks out once he realizes what they what they have, you know, uh, because his father is also you know a bit of a historian himself. But um, to say that you know he's the grounded and skeptical one, he he is sort of the generation in their family who does not believe in this treasure. Like he's, you know, he's like we've been a laughing stock for generations. Like you're just embarrassing yourself further by trying to pursue this please stop um but they do have a shared love of history though so like whenever it's like he can't help himself like as soon as he sees his son kind of getting into it a little bit he's like oh but what about this you know (laughs) um it's like he wants to be a part of it but he doesn't yeah um there and you know it's it's it's, it is kind of a lesser indie and 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 henry uh relationship there Mm -hmm. um not the same chemistry but by far but um, totally. but but still, there's some entertainment value there. Yeah, I have to say, I think this is one of those few things in like action adventure mystery films. I think I enjoyed the clue, the figuring out clue aspects a little bit more than the action, maybe up until the end. But uh, I think I really enjoyed more. I felt like they were really act like working to figure out these things, and it, I don't know. I feel like you don't get a lot of that in some of yeah. you know some kind of. Mystery films. I don't know. I, I enjoyed that that part of it where they're actually 
kind of working through and thinking through the process. Yeah, no, I really enjoy them. So the, the, the putting the, sort of the work in, yeah, uh, for for the the clues and everything, um, because yeah, like you said, it it can be it can be boring or just really derivative without that. And I think that is yeah. that is what sets this movie apart from mm-hmm. other movies like it. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, I will say, except there is one where he does like this really, you know, the it's like I'm maybe midway through the film where he holds it that, you know, hundred dollar bill and has a water bottle that really dramatic. Like that, <laughs> that was a little, <laughs> I was like, OK, Nicolas Cage, you're going a little, a little over the top. But <laughs> that, that, that almost felt like a little bit like CSI ish yeah. where they're like the camera zooms yeah. in, zoom on. in and enhance. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. yeah. Oh, that cracked me up. <laughs> um. So what's um, I wouldn't call this amusing, but, you know, just trying to be fair here and uh, I will give credit to my wife for picking up on this first. Um, Every woman in this movie gets told to shut up like multiple times. I was going to bring Um, that up. Yeah. (laughs) Not not a great look. And uh, and I said and I was um, I think I'd gotten up in the kitchen to like make some coffee or something the first time I heard it and I heard my wife react to it and I just laughed. And just like, what's funny? I was like, oh, this movie was written by men who aren't married um, or who don't have a woman in their life. Yeah. Like, um, because that would not oh, pass yeah. the first the first draft. Oh, my Let me gosh. tell you. I, I did laugh at the. Uh, yeah, because it just keeps going in that scene yeah. where they've got her with them. They've rescued her. Sort of, and they're at the um, or something. They're, yeah, they've they've parked the van in the middle of nowhere. Um, or maybe it's still where they were driving it. And so she's yelling. And so Nicholas Cage is like, Oh, she's still yelling. I mean, which is even worse. Like, talking about like she's not there. Like she's not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. It, does that part ever age horribly? You know? Yeah. And, at and the she end, still falls for him. Yeah. 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 And it's, and then there right after that, I think that she's, a, and then she's still, you know, he, I mean, this goes on and on. And then finally he's like, Hey, I'll let yep. you hold this. If you'll shut up or something like that. I'm like, Oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. It, oh, that was that was. Whew. Oh man, she has like one <laughs> redeeming line and one redeeming line alone, which is like, <clears throat> you know, they get into Trinity Church, which this time, when they're in there, Tim, I'm immediately thinking, I wonder if that's Alexander or Angelica's skeleton there because they're buried in Trinity Church. Anyway, um, thinking about Hamilton now that they're underneath <laughs> Trinity Church, but um, they, you know, this this big set piece where all this old rotting wood in these steps going, going down and sort of the catacombs underneath the, uh, the church, um, see searching for the next clue. And, um, the, the, the boards all start to fall apart and they have this sort of like swinging seesaw like moment and stuff. And, and they almost drop the, the, I will say this. Um, the movie did a really good job. I think I cared more about the declaration of independence than I did any character in the movie in terms of their safety. <laughs> Um, because there was one time it like got thrown out into the street and oh, I'm like, gosh. Oh, yeah. not the declaration. Uh, like, you know, I don't care about the rest of you. Reserve <laughs> that document. Um, and, and it's about to fall into the sort of, you know, abyss below. And, um, and, uh, he has to choose, he has this sort of Gwen Stacy moment, you know, the, the Spider-Man yeah. Gwen Stacy moment where he has to like, let her go to save the declaration, but she lands, you know, on this other platform and they get down. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry, um, that I dropped you. I just, you know, I, I wanted to say that she's like, Oh no, don't, don't apologize. I would have done the exact same thing to you. Like, yeah, yeah. she wasn't hurt at all. She's like, oh, I don't care about you at all. Like, we need to preserve that document. (laughs) Although I wondered, like, at the time I was thinking, and and maybe like with it being so old and brittle, it would have really done a lot of damage. But I was thinking, like, I mean, if it just falls, aren't you going down to the bottom anyway? But it was probably like, probably the fact that it's so brittle, it would have, you know. I don't. Yeah. And I think at that point, I don't know. They knew how far it was going. Right. You know, if they right. knew, the, you know, it wasn't just a pit down there or something, but sure. But at the same time, yeah, who knows? Um, one fun piece. Of, I, I didn't do a lot of trivia research this time around, but I saw one just in looking for it now that really amused me. Apparently, the good guys in this movie use Google as their search engine and the bad guys use Yahoo as, as their search. Um <laughs> They, they just really enjoy all those pop-ups. Um, <laughs> well, and, and it, 
I, I bet plus I bet if you try hard enough now, well, you don't even really have to try hard enough. Like in retrospect, like the ties between the conspiracies and history and then big tech, you can probably weave some conspiracy theories in into that, you know. Oh well we all know only the good guys use parlor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least for the next twenty four hours until it gets shut down. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Um yeah, so oh gosh. This movie is so irresponsible. Um so Anyway, you know, they get, I, I guess I kind of fast forward it because there's really not, it's, it's a lot of rinse and repeat, you know, for mm-hmm. like, they, they get to a place, they figure out a clue, they get chased, they go to the next place, you know, yeah. um, which when I say it like that, it sounds like it's not an entertaining movie, but it doesn't make much for conversation. I'll say that because right. it's just a lot of rehashing a lot of the same stuff. So um, in that regard, um, I do want to kind of jump towards the end uh, when they're there, because I think there are some real, um, you know, we, we talk about what's going on right now um, and all these people are crazy delusional. I mean, like they, they are, they are uh, assembling and mobilizing over, over something that's not true, you know? And, uh, and, and Gates is um, being accused of that. And he, in that, in the, let's see, this might even be in the sequel um, and not in the first one. But he has, he has, obviously has a major hangup that the, um, he has a lot of pride in his family history and it doesn't sit well with him that the legacy of his family's history is that of like crazy treasure hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wants to redeem that. And um, at the end, you know, they are threatened and they, they trick Sean Bean into, into leaving um, and uh, finally get where, get to where they think they're going to find the treasure and they come into this empty room. And, you know, it's it's kind of this gut punch moment and um, and you see, like, Cage is just kind of crestfallen over it. And I've, it's actually kind of a tender moment with his father. He's like, don't you understand? He's like, the fact that we made it here proves that you were right like, you know you know we we're wrong it's like you know we're not crazy and like you know and that was what he wanted you know i mean obviously this this is a disney movie so there better be some treasure at the yeah. uh, <laughs> the treasure was not was not all the memories we made along the way um, <laughs> the actual treasure. um but he goes there and um you know i i think that that moment is really cool because you know the it, that's really kind of the driving force for him. Like he seems to be more interested in the game than the destination, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is one thing that I think separates him from Sean Bean character is he, it, it just seems like Cage's character just wants to know if it's real. Like, right. um, you know, it's just almost, just, almost like a crisis of faith. In him. Like, like he's just trying to pursue something tangible and and know that he's not crazy. Um, yeah. And Sean Bean's just like, bitch, you know, what this would do for the kingdom of God, you know. So um, <laughs> he really does kind of play the same character a lot. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, naturally, they do they do find him. What do you guys think about um, Cage's you know cagey performance? Figuring out. Uh, clues. He he's a little, little stream of consciousness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys have any like? Was that just me, or did you guys have any like weird impressions of this sort of like mineral iron? You think it just like just going through these really weird. I don't know. Whenever I say, uh, and I give it a pass, you know, because the movie's so entertaining and obviously it doesn't demand very much from you. But um, at the same time, it's it's very cagey. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got something better than me on this oh, one. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I was just, yeah, just agreeing. Yeah, I just, it, it felt like that was where, like, they kind of, if, I don't know if in the script it just says act like Nicolas Cage or, I don't, you know, it's just some sort of <laughs> section where he gets to kind of do his thing. Like, hey, you, you do the mat, you do what you do. And <laughs> like those moments right. where he could kind of burst out and just, 
do do what he does. <laughs> yeah, same. Like I, I hadn't really thought about it that much because it does just seem like just sort of a quintessential Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. Now, but now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking of like how different actors in the role would have played it. Like if <laughs> let's say in an absurd world where you had Robin Williams in that oh, role no. instead of Nick Cage. And so just in those little periods, he's like oh, going off into, you know, impressions <laughs> and funny voices. And they're like, what, what is he doing? But then somehow it, it's all the key to him figuring it out. You know, yeah. <laughs> picture an Al, Al Pacino, you know, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta find this map. You right. Know. Just end up screaming. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be entertaining. You know, strangely enough, I don't think, I think this was one movie where, you know, sometimes you'll run through the trivia pieces and they're like, you know, this this other actor was considered for this role. But, you know, they, they don't have that here, which is a shame because I would have uh, loved to, um, you know, entertained that idea um, to see to see what, what could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think one thing, so one more thing I at least wanted to mention, and it's at the end, you know, they, they have retrieved the treasure, but they still have to, um, face the FBI. Um, you know, someone's got to go to prison. Um, and one thing that I, uh, that I really liked uh, is, you know, he has this sort of kind of heart to heart with Harvey Keitel and you kind of see one thing that's established earlier on about this Knights Templar treasure is that it kind of gets passed down through like the Freemasons and stuff. And there's some mythology there, some American mythology. And you see that Kaitel is a Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they have this sort of mutual respect that the treasure is to be protected, you know, not, um, you know, taken. Um, and, I thought it was a really neat thing and it was a nice uh it was a nice remedy for all the bad feelings the movie was giving me this time around thinking yeah. about our world <laughs> is that Cage said, you know, well, this treasure came from the world so it belongs to the world and mm-hmm. his suggestion was to split it up. Um and give the artifacts that belonged to certain regions of the world back to that region of the world. So the Egyptian artifacts would be on display in Cairo. You know, the the French artifacts would be on display in Paris um, and so on and so forth, Um, which, you know, is um, (laughs) for for all the patriotism, air air quotes, um, that we have been subjected to um, this week, I think is is that there there's a real divergence in thought there that, you know, this you know, this country belongs belongs to its people you know in a wide variety of 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 cases not just one kind of person um not just you know blonde rich people i guess right jared that's exactly right no i the more i I, well if you've got more on that go go ahead and no i mean i kind of want to just lay the groundwork on that i was hoping you guys would you know have something to pile on there or something sure yeah no i mean i think just going back to what i said before i'm i'm mostly serious with that like i think you know uh, it, it seems at the we're, we're kind of swinging back and forth between two extremes where in 2004 or whatever it was it seemed completely harmless this week in light of everything it's like oh my goodness this is so problematic but i think you know the the character you know he's got very pure intentions. Yeah. Um, and apart from his, you know, one decision of like, I have to steal the declaration in order to protect it. Um, <laughs> you know, like all of his other decisions. And and the reason he does that is like, he's not, you know, just to clarify on that is like, he's not stealing it. We're getting in some deep dive analysis of this man's outrageous choice. Um, but he's not, <laughs> he's not stealing it in order to, because like you said, the original debate was they realized that the treasure map is probably on the back. Um, Ian, uh, Sean Bean's character wants to steal it uh, in order to, you know, check it out. And Benjamin Gates is like, no, I, you know, he would rather, if that's the choice, if, if stealing it is the choice and 
or never being able to find out whether or not he's right, he would rather leave it and never, Mm -hmm. never find out. And so it's only when he goes through all the channels of like, oh, this guy is really going to be able to steal this, that he decides to do it himself, not to, um, but, and then the choice gets a little bit murkier there because he could then just steal it and give it back to them, but he doesn't do that. He wants to then like, well, since I've got it, (laughs) (laughs) while it's here, you know, (laughs) I might as well take a few minutes to check it out and then give it back to him. So, so that's where there's some, you know, uh, it gets a little bit sketchier, but I mean, overall, I do just, you know, part of why I love the the movie so much, and there's a lot of reasons why I love the movie so much. Um, uh, Yeah, the music I really liked in it. Like I said, you know, the interaction between the characters. But part of what I do love about it is, you know, this, you know, appreciation for for history. I was a a history minor in in college. Um, And, you know, how his seems to be very um, genuine and sincere. And uh, he... Like you said, at the end, he's he's concerned about spreading it out uh, to these different museums and, Such you know, socialists. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and the closing scene, the closing gag of the, the movie is Riley is upset because they could have been given a 10 percent finder's fee and he chose to only take one uh, percent for them. So, um, which is, you know, still an absurd amount of, of money because he's got this massive house and Riley's driving away in a Ferrari, but, um, you know, but I, you know, so for me, like, I just feel like, again, you know, it's kind of silly in some ways to be like debating this much uh, about it or arguing this much for it. But (laughs) like, I I think I feel like I want to have like, leave a space for someone who, you know, can sort of have some, you know, theories, you can call them conspiracy theories or, or whatever about, you know, history or about this or the other and, and have pure intentions and separate that from all the insane cult of personality driven partisan stuff that we're dealing with today. Mm. Well said. Yeah. Those do look different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I, um, Go ahead, Tim. No, this is deviating a little bit, but going back to what you're, so I, I've, I've forgotten the, the ending. So I know they, they kind of find this room, you know, full of treasure, but, but that part and the end, I just kind of totally forgot what happened. And so when they get there and you see this treasure that's worth, you know, however many billions of dollars and you realize I, I, I'd forgotten it's ancient. I mean, I should have known from the beginning, but it just, in my mind, I just blanked like all these ancient artifacts that, Presumably, many might have been, you know, probably stolen and taken from other people. And so, I, I, as they got to the end, I was really nervous about that. I was like, oh, this is not, oh, I, you know, I, I, 2004, you know, 16 years ago, I, I was really nervous. But then what you said, Stephen, about Nicholas Cage at the end, I'd forgotten that he offered, like, hey, let's distribute it, you know, to museums around the world, to, where, you know, different regions where these were taken. Um, and I was very pleasantly <laughs> surprised that that was the route I just did not expect, I just had forgotten, but I also kind of for that, you know, that long ago, I just didn't really expect that to, to be the case. So that was, that was, uh, that was nice in a way. I was really, I was relieved. (laughs) It was a really, yeah, it was a really thoughtful decision, uh, in the character writing and, and consistent with him too. Like he, you know, I think that's one thing that, that is kind of the charm of this movie is that him being a treasure hunter, he is so sentimental about every piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, it, it's, 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 it is kind of a sentimental moment and it may be kind of dorky of me, but one that I really like is it's, it's a really brief moment, but they have taken the declaration and they've gone to Philadelphia to get the next clue. And they're standing in independence hall, which by the way, was the first time according to the uh, IMDb trivia, um, the first filming that was ever allowed in the tower of uh, oh, wow. Philadelphia's Independence Hall was for this movie. Wow. Um, That's cool. Um, but they they get into Independence Hall and they're going to look at the they've acquired these weird looking like prototype 3D glasses and um, going to look at it. And before they're about to look, 
um, Cage just takes a deep breath and they're like, they are still chasing us. What are you doing? He's like, it's just that the last time this piece of paper was in here, it was being signed. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody who loves history worked on this movie. Like that's a little, you know, it's kind of a sweet moment. It's it's like a little, uh, you know, love letter to the source material kind of line. And, you know, I think that's the kind of thing is like, uh, um, this is going to sound like a really weird deviation, but, we watched another movie today, which maybe we could talk about sometime if you guys want to. It's called uh, Over the Moon. Um, it's on Netflix, and um, it, 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 I can't even get into the plot of it because it's out, out, out in space, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, but uh, they, you know, talk about the in the beginning they talk about like baking uh, uh, this 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 dessert and making it with love is what makes it you know, powerful, you know, people hear people talk about food like that sometimes, especially like cooks and stuff. And I think they, you know, in in a way to the history of the material kind of made this movie with, with pure sentiment and, and love for the material. And that shines through and that makes it a little less cynical. And, and that, that is what makes it more enduring. That's why, Mm. you know, that's why people, characters like Superman and Captain America is, is, as, as boring as they might seem as characters endure for so long is, is, is the pure heart and intention and sentiment. Uh, the, the, uh, oh man, what's the word? The, the earnestness. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the earnestness of the material, um, it does it a lot of favors uh, and I think separates it from, from other, you know, treasure hunting pretender films you know it's this is why i prefer it to things like sahara or tomb raider or uh yeah i don't know throw a rock hit a movie but you know it's um yeah it's, it's really earnest and and you know the second one drops off a little bit because it it just kind of plays on the same trope and it, it just in different ways and they've already kind of tackled the issue of the integrity of the family name um mm-hmm. and stuff but it's it's uh it is it's good and uh jared i appreciate your perspective on you know that we need a benjamin gates and the, the big <laughs> benjamin gates was not was not what we saw this week it was we saw a bunch of a bunch of ians um i think going to steal something they didn't have a right to take in the first place um yeah any uh, any yeah. any lingering thoughts on uh, National Treasure, Tim? Yeah, not not really. But just since we're nearing the end of the podcast, the end of the film. So I've always like you know, obviously any film. There's like these little nitpicky things, but one thing that did I will say did crack me up was you know when at the end when he where we get the line you know somebody's got to go to prison. And he's like, well, I do know, you know, and so they cut, you know, and they're in Boston. So now they've, you know, it's night and Ian's breaking in. He gets arrested (laughs) and he looks up and across the street coming out of the shadows is I'm like, and this goes, you know, to now, you know, fast forward now action adventure. It's very realistic. They wouldn't do this. But the idea of like, oh, they flew out Nicolas Cage. Yes. (laughs) Just to like. They said, okay, you come with us, but you're just going to stand across the street and wait, and we're going (laughs) to arrest him right where he can look. You know, everything had to work perfectly. It just, (laughs) it it was, you know, but it goes back to that idea, like, you know, that, that, that um, conflict between what this movie's trying to be and what I'm kind of used to seeing now, what my, what I'm geared towards now. And it just made me laugh. I was like, (laughs) it just seemed really silly, but it, it was great though. I, ne- I never thought about it either, but I will say that comes right off the scene where he's got a heck of a bargaining chip on the table where it's just like, oh, one last condition. I'll give you this treasure if you let me be there when you bust this guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think they would have accommodated that yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's those are both very good points because I had thought the same thing. Like when he walks out of there, I just burst out laughing. And I think I did the first time too of like, yeah, they flew him out there just for him to be able to make a reveal as yeah. they're arresting the guy. But uh, yeah, I think Steven's right. I think, you know, especially considering the personality of that character, yeah. he would be, you know, there really almost should have been actually the way they should have ended probably that scene where he asks Harvey Keitel, like, if you've got a helicopter, they really should have ended that like, Mm -hmm. 
I've got one more request and then yeah. left that hanging and mm, then, perfect. you know, and then you see the reveal and then understand that's what it is. That would yeah. have been a, yeah. an easy way to <laughs> solve that. But by the way, like you said, Jared, the, the music in this film, the score, the score is wonderful. I, I, I think it's, I think it's perfect for this film. You know, um, I don't, I, I don't um, have it stuck in my head very much or anything like, like some of my favorite composers and stuff, but it is a perfect companion piece for this film and it elevates it. And that's, and that's all you really want to ask from a, from the film score in the first place. But um, just one moment talking about that scene where Ian and all of them get caught when, as soon as they cut, like they cut immediately to them, like breaking the lock of that church somewhere in Boston. Yep. And there's this sound effect that they use. It's either sound effect or it's just the beginning of the score. I don't know, but it's just like done. Like it's just, you know, this really evil sounding bassy tone. But it sounds exactly – this is going to get hyper-specific, so I'm sorry, everybody. But it sounds like the beginning of one of those like ADT commercials where you see this like fake burglar breaking into an old lady's <laughs> house or something. And I'm like, you know – I was like, oh, this house was – this church was guarded by ADT. Um, <laughs> the FBI shows up uh, to, to arrest you. Yeah, I – yeah, I think just my my closing thoughts. I, yeah, in in talking about it, like I just I just love I love it even more. And I think there's like, I think there's just sort of a a piece to me that's sort of this, like a very small piece. Unfortunately, one that's probably shrank more, you know, over the last several years of like of of enjoying and um, appreciating that the idealism, you know, mm. and appreciation that he has for history and for what the country should be and stuff like that. And, you know, again, tying it back to what happened this week, just the anger that I've had over the last, you know, four to five years over seeing this phony patriotism mm. um, and, you know, other people not being able to, you know, roughly half the country not being able to to see it for what it is as this phony patriotism. And even after what happened Wednesday, not being able to, you know, still defending it. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I've gosh, I've been so angry about that over the last four years. So um, this is this is one of those little little things that, uh, yeah, I think I just love more for um, the earnestness of yeah. that char character and his appreciation for it again setting aside the questionable decision that after he stole the Declaration of Independence in order to protect it, he did choose to be like, eh, well, let's maybe run some tests on it rather than just giving it <laughs> back right away. So. Um, you know, Jared, if I could speak to that for a second, I think one thing that would make all of us feel a little better, um, there are TikTok videos emerging now of um, people who attended that um, insurrection Um showing up in, in their home airports and getting arrested yes. uh, because they have been identified and they're being carried off and crying and like yelling at the cops. Why are you being so mean? Literally yes. saying yes. things like that. So all that's missing is to have Nicholas Cage just walk out of the shadows <laughs> when they get arrested. And I think, I think we would wow. be on a real rebound. To, oh my gosh. Uh, to restoration of, of national unity there. National treasure just, three. It's, I, I, yeah. I have a feeling. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. Um, thank you for bringing that up, Tim, because we, yeah, national treasure Two book of secrets, um, is also on Disney plus, but there is a third installment in the works. It has been for a number of years, um, and not really gotten off the ground, but, um, I'm trying to look it up now because I can't remember if they are now trying to parlay it into a series instead of um, that. But let me just see where they're at right now. Yeah, I saw an update from it and I don't and, you know, you'll have to find out the specifics of it. But I saw an update from it like back in maybe January or, or this or it was January of last year. And apparently they're still like it's not dead. You know, it's it's they're still. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the most up to date thing I see is uh, May of 2020. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer stated that the film was being written and it was the hope to have the original cast from the previous films 
uh, uh. return. Although that means 2021 John Voight. So I don't, I don't think I, don't, I maybe, think maybe right. we don't need that. Yeah, yeah I, I think. Um, but also, also in May 2020, it says Bruckheimer revealed that a television series based on the franchise was in the works at Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and that a pilot script and outlines for additional episodes were complete. It says the series would follow the same concept as the films with a younger cast. Mm. So I don't know that they're both dated May 2020. So I don't know which one is the most recent. Yeah, they have the same footnote. So I'm curious. It's from Collider. Um, from Collider in May 2020. Let's see. Um. Okay. Yeah. No, they're two separate properties. The uh, a National Treasure three, the film and a TV series. Okay. Yeah. I think and thinking back to the uh, that ending of the first one. Yeah. So the film would be the same cast. The series would be a younger cast. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, No, I was just going to say, like, thinking back to the ending of the first one, how have we how long is it going to take? And I wish I had I I can't do this because I don't know. I don't have or know how to use deep fake technology. I can I could do it very poorly. But how have we not yet gotten a deep fake of that ending scene of Trump's face on Ian and then Biden's face on James walking out? <laughs> I think people probably just haven't um, oh, made yeah. that connection to this film. But now that this podcast episode is going to drop with our, yeah, right. with our just countless of, um, you know, listeners, just right. stand back and stand by, guys. Just, just you know, get ready for making that deep fake video and it's going to go viral. That's right. Um, no, yeah, I, no, I, that's, that's a gimme. That's a slam dunk right there. Yes. I think someone's <laughs> just gotta, just gotta make the connection to the film. There needs to be some sort of social media account, like a Twitter account or something where you can just DM some guy and be like, Hey, this is an idea. Can you yes. do this? Right. <laughs> like, you know, cause you know, some people are just ideas. People, you know, that's right. But, uh, oh, well, um, I guess does, does that do it for, for national treasure tonight, gentlemen? I think so. Yeah, yeah, sounds think like good. it. Well, we want to thank you dear listeners for, uh, you know, joining the ride with us tonight on someone's got to go to prison. Um, and, uh, please do check out national treasure. It is, it is worth, it's worth your time. Um, it is fun. It's, it's a fun adventure. It's, it's lighthearted. It's, um, and you know, you might learn a thing or two about history. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not like a Ken Burns documentary or anything, but you know, it's, you know, it's just, just light. It's like, it's like popcorn history. Um, so check that out. It's on Disney plus. Um, we are on Instagram at uh, night cheese with Stephen and Tim on Twitter at pod night cheese and always on Facebook at uh, night cheese podcast with Stephen and Tim. So please feel free to reach out to us. Tell us what are your thoughts on national treasure? Um, do, do you like the second one? Is it, is that one worth your time? Are you excited about the prospect of a third one or a Disney plus series? Um, what kind of historical artifacts do you think they should go for? And, the and, and the third one, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, what our listeners would think of such a thing. Um, cause I don't have a clue. Um, the votes. Washington's, the, the, votes. Vote, the votes that were still the, the 11,000 plus in Georgia. That's, oh, that's, that's the plot. That's the plot for the third one is they've got to find those 11,000. It's, it's national treasure. 11,780. Yeah. Oh my. Oh boy. <laughs> Now, now, come on. That's better suited for an Indiana Jones film. Something <laughs> that might not exactly exist. It's been exaggerating. Um, we're, this this is a franchise based in historical fact, Jared. True. Um, Very true. Yeah. That would so, be a, that would be a letdown because at the end of the movie, they're just like, oh nope, no these these never existed. Turns yeah, out the, this wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. We can't clear your name after all. Oh, man. Wow, and and the, the indie series are the ones with with the Nazis specifically. So yeah, all all the way around, it just that would just fit better for that series. My mistake here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think on that note, it's uh, it's time for us to go. Um, I'm just getting I'm just getting warmed up. I know this. you are. That's I've got so many, I've, go. got, I've got so many parallels for you. <laughs> 
I can start giving out your Twitter handles if you want. You know, for uh, more thoughts from Jared. It'd be uh, best not to. Yeah, yeah, let's let's not. I won't. Um by all means, uh, join us again next week, guys, for well, who knows what we'll be talking about at this point, but uh <laughs> something to uh something entertaining nonetheless, I'm hoping. So thanks for joining us this week and until next time, keep working on your night cheese. I think I think that's the, I think that's what we need there is just like the little mini Allison in the bottom bottom need, left yeah, hand yeah. corner. <laughs> just, just chiming in with better commentary. <laughs> kind of like kind of like my Facebook feed.